for podcasting. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. Hi, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on a Monday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Welcome to the program and appreciate you uh, carving out some of your morning to spend with Trent Condon and myself. Uh, coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list at some point here in the next oh, half hour, we'll take a look back at uh, the 2015 Iowa Hawkeye football program, the unbeaten regular season to lose to Michigan State and Indianapolis, and then the Rose Bowl. Uh, there was uh, some unbelievable finishes in there, a 57-yard field goal at Kinnick Week number 3 over Pitt. Uh, that was certainly one of the more memorable moments, but there were a bunch of them that season. We'll take a look back at some of them uh, coming up here in about 25 minutes. We're going to talk Big 12. Matt Poston's Poston's postcard. He writes for HeartlandCollegeSports.com get the lay of the land at Heartland College Sports as to what they think is going to happen this thus uh, this fall. Matt also uh, does uh, some work for one of the Cowboys blogs, uh, very close to that as he's based in the Dallas area, and we will talk to Matt Postens as the NFL draft is a week from Thursday night, thank God, uh, as we'll have something to watch, because I'll tell you what, Trenton, I don't know if you did or not, but I did not watch one minute of the horse competition last no, night. No, no horse for you. No, huh? and I'm glad I didn't. I saw it and it was I'm always on Twitter, and um, Twitter was not uh, taking kindly to what they were putting out on ESPN. So by the sounds of things, I didn't miss a darn thing. And then Scott Dart, well, we will carry Governor Reynolds' press conference uh, coming up at 11. That should have some... um some well, some updates that mm-hmm. there hasn't been a press conference since, uh, since Friday. So we will hear from the Gov at 11 and then Scott Dockerman at 1135. He's got a great piece on the athletic. Uh, we'll talk about that and we'll pick Doc's brain on 2015 as well. It's good to be back at work. I'm bored to tears this on the weekends. <laughs> It is. Um, you want to go to uh, seven days a week, is what you're saying? I'm good with it. I mean, yeah. not that we. I mean, at least this is something to do, right? And, and I'm it. the exact same way. But board's good. Board means we're winning. If mm-hmm. you're bored, you are beating this thing. You're doing what you're supposed Absolutely. to be doing. And I'm getting a five stars for what I'm supposed to be doing because I'm bored to tears. Because is this week five? I'm trying to remember. I, I back. think Thursday will be five weeks. Wednesday, five weeks from this Wednesday is, I think, when they tried to when they, when they kicked off the Big Ten tournament mm-hmm. and the Big Twelve tournament. I think it was five weeks ago. Okay, on Wednesday, yeah. yeah, on once we get to Wednesday. Anyways, but thirty-three uh, days. Yeah, and it's. Um, well, I, I saw that the NBA believes that they need 25 days. There's been some discussion about Major League Baseball once they get going. I want to get into Bob Nightingale's piece from USA Today coming up in this segment because I thought that at least that was something to you know, sink your teeth into a little bit. Well, and it was a plan that seemed a lot more plausible than the one that we initially heard where all 30 teams descend on Arizona. Phoenix area. Or, yeah, right. and, and they go from there. This one... You can understand it. I think it makes more sense, mm-hmm. and it seems a little more realistic. Are there holes still to shoot in that one, too? Yeah, there are. Probably. But I think at least if you're looking at it from an optimistic view, 
it at least gives you a little bit more hope. And right. that's and what we continue to This is just a start trend. Right. This isn't that they'll stay in Florida, they're still in Arizona. You know, once they get the green light, they'll go mm-hmm. back to the respective cities. That doesn't mean fans are going to be allowed. But what we're talking about, Bob Nightingale, USA Today's covered baseball for... As long as I can remember. 30 years? Yeah. Um, yeah, he's, he's written for the, that publication and a couple of others for a long time. But what the, you know, to, to, just to go back to where Trent finished off, the, you know, the, we go back a couple of weeks ago and Phoenix was going to be or uh, was going to be the epicenter, if you will, for Major League Baseball. There were 11 or 12 stadiums in the immediate vicinity within 50 miles of Phoenix. You know, everybody moves there. Well, okay, at least they're, think they're putting stuff on the table. Well, the latest is to use the existing Grapefruit League ballparks, likewise the Cactus League, and they would keep those teams together. And um, the realignment structure was actually put out there. And some of the, you want to call them divisions? I guess that's what. Yeah. Grapefruit League, North, South, and East. Cactus League, Northeast, West, and Northwest. So in the in the north of the Grapefruit League, you would have... And look, this, these are times that we've never been in before, so you have to do things that you normally wouldn't think you're going to see. Yankees, Phillies, Blue Jays, Tigers, Pirates. All, All right. right. The, um, that will come down to the Blue Jays. Okay, maybe What, not. battling the Tigers for last place? <laughs> nice. Uh, that That's the Yankees, obviously, by, well, Phillies might be okay, but they'll be the Yankees. And, the, and these are the teams that you would play the most also right. in and, your division. And these are, well, the Yankees are in Tampa. Mm-hmm. The Phillies are just, uh, where are they? Um, they're right around Dunedin, which is where the Jays are. Lakeland is where you can find the Tigers, which... You know, if memory serves, it's like 50 or 60 miles from Lakeland to the Tampa area, and okay. Pittsburgh is... What the hell is the name of the city that they're in? I've been to their ballpark. It's not far from Fort Myers, actually. Anyways, uh, in the south would be the Red Sox and the Twins. They both train in Fort Myers. Yep. The Braves are in Orlando. The Rays, I'm not sure where they are. And Baltimore is in, I think, Fort Lauderdale. The East Nationals, Astros, Mets, Cardinals, and Fish. So in that division, the Astros and the Natties. That's not The bad. teams that we saw play for the World Series right. last year. That's pretty good. And the Cardinals were right there as well, as uh-huh. we recall. And a possibility of seeing those teams play 18 times throughout the course of the year. Yeah, All right. That's... Sign me up for that. Uh, meanwhile, in the Cactus League, the Northeast would consist of the Cubs, Giants, Snakes, Rocks, and A's. Cubs favored? Uh, them or Oakland, right? Those are the two. Those, yeah, those are the two. West would be Dodgers, White Sox, Reds, Indians, Angels. Dodgers are going to. They're going to get. I mean, they're going to have an eight hundred win walkover. percentage. Yeah. Uh, Northwest Brewers, Padres, Mariners, Rangers, Royals. Pu. Brewers, Pods. Keep your head above five hundred. You're going to the playoffs. Yeah. Brewers, Brewers always sneak up on you though. Mariners, Rangers, and Royals. I like what the Rangers did this off season. They'd be the other team there, Would them they? and the Brewers. Okay. Yeah. Well, they made some moves because they were, you know, they thought right. moving into a new ballpark. Yep. And the hope is still there that they do. So that's what Bob Nightingale put out there. DH for everybody. Trail. DH for everybody. Good. Yep. Yep. So there will be no bat pitchers batting. This will mm-hmm. they'll make it a universal rule between the two and head that direction. Big advantage one way or the other. I don't think so. As a Twins fan, well, this is a lot different than the American League Central. That is for sure. 
that's a much bigger step up in competition when you're talking about the Braves, the Red Sox, and the Rays all in no, your division. No, that's that's salty. That's salty. Um, more likely this one over the Phoenix yeah, area? Yeah, I, I think this one is a lot more significant chance of happening than the mm-hmm. initial one that we heard where everybody just goes to Arizona. You're still going to run into the same logistical type of things. Well, Florida, Trent, Florida's a long state, as you know. I mean, mm-hmm. you, if you're in the Cactus League, you're within 50 miles of every ballpark. Um, so... The Marlins and the and the Cardinals they got to be together because they share Jupiter. Are they together? Right. Yep. Uh, are they? Where are they? Um, oh, you're yeah. in the, in in the, the Grapefruit East, right? Yep. Uh, Marlins and the uh, the Cardinals. How about that division? Nationals, Astros, Mets, mm. Cardinals. Jeez. Yeah. I just hope we see it. Oh, it would I, be, be so in. great. Be and in. another thing that Nightingale touched on in the piece is, of course, TV content which mm-hmm. is a huge thing no question but also the way that this is set up and people are still at home you can start these games every day uh-huh. at 11 a.m yeah get things started get rolling which would be 10 a.m our mm-hmm. time for the eastern start and we'll have baseball all day long each and every day t- looking for something well, you're not gonna have what was the godforsaken show you were watching this weekend <laughs> trent I, I i'm so bored right so ken, ken comes in today and he said, you're not going to believe what I watched. I watched a show called Mountain Men. Mountain Men. And I probably watched, and I'm not I'm not. Is this X-rated? No. Oh, it's, okay. uh, it's about, I don't know, there's probably five guys, maybe six guys, and they live in, in the mountains. mountains. Okay. No electricity. Okay. They trap. They skin, you know, they sell the furs. They hunt. Is this what you're thinking of doing? Well, no, but I, I, I could see myself. No, I couldn't see myself now doing it. Um, what are you moving to the hinterlands of Polk City? No, but there was a few places in Canada that I scoped out at one time. Oh, really? Not that I was ever going to do it. <laughs> Come on, uh, but it was. I just I couldn't turn it off. Yeah, you it, fall into those traps, don't yeah. you? Things that you normally wouldn't mm-hmm. watch. There's a uh, live PD is not live, so I'm you know the uh, the family favorite right now. As we're flipping around, my daughter loves cake shows. For my birthday this weekend, she yeah. made a oh, cake Oh, by the way, how was your birthday? It was great. It, it was absolutely as good as it could be with right. uh, being stuck at home. And Normally, not, 40 would have had more people around yeah. you, I'm assuming. Would right? have made a trip, would have done something. Instead, it was me and my driveway. It really felt like a tailgating day. So it was Saturday, a little cool in the morning. Mm-hmm. People were driving by. Uh, what, so I, you were sitting in your driveway? In my driveway, yeah. Nice. And people drove by, and then we'd talk to them as they pulled up and... Yeah, talk with all of them for 5, 10, 15 minutes, depending on how many people are there. I don't know, probably 30, 40 people uh-huh. drove by, Look said hi. You. Yeah, but I had a beer in my hand, one up. <laughs> one of my buddies brought me a 40, for my 40th birthday, uh-huh. of natural ice. Oof. Oh. Uh, it was a lot smoother than I anticipated. Mm. I already had a couple at that time, but I needed a nap. After everybody had left. <laughs> did you shotgun with Chris Williams I, later I on? Didn't. I didn't. Well, I know I could do it a lot better than him. What an awful, awful. That's embarrassing. It was a it? terrible look yeah, by that's Williams. Embarrassing. That's embarrassing. Go to Twitter and just see. Yeah, this no. is the way not to shotgun a beer. Right. Chris Williams got that figured out. Well, So if, if, you, if you're Chris and you do that, wouldn't you? Take Nobody's two? watching. <laughs> it, it wasn't live. No one will know that this is your second stab at this. Exactly. Uh, anyways, uh, well, happy belated birthday. Thank you. You made the best out of it, right, is what yes. every, yep. everybody's doing right Had a now. Zoom call then that evening. Oh, did you? Yeah. And a lot of people that lived outside of, of town. My grandma mm-hmm. was there, my parents, and a few, and other family members from across the country. A lot of my friends that don't live in Des Moines area. So it was good. It was good to good. see everybody and say hi and have some laughs and at least a little bit of normalcy there. Wife did a great job of that. And then she also compiled like a 25-minute video 
of people sending well wishes and old pictures and wow, nice. pictures I hadn't seen out. for years. So yeah, it was it was really really fun. And when did you draw your last sober breath? Oh well, I started drinking at ten forty five in the morning, and it's a good effort. Went to bed at eleven. Had that nap in there. Uh-huh. Got an hour power nap at about uh, three four in the afternoon. But yeah, Giordano's Pizza that was excellent. Had the Where deep dish. Where are they located? West Des Moines. Yeah, open. That's a few the months sh- back. that's the Chicago yeah, gym, right? Right. Had that for dinner, so it was it was a good night, mm-hmm. a good day, and uh, not exactly how I anticipated my fortieth birthday was going to be. <laughs> no. But here I am, now a man. Just like <laughs> yes, Gundy you told are. Me. Yes, you are. Well, come uh, after me. HBD belatedly to to you, you for that, and I'm I'm glad you made the the best out of it. So baseball's trying to make the best out of things. We'll see if they go forward with that. But they're look at Major League Baseball is talking. The NBA is talking. Brian Windhorst came up with. I don't know if he was uh, tipped off to this, but apparently, uh, uh, Mark Cuban was on one of the Sunday morning shows okay. yesterday. I don't know if I, I mean I'm guessing. Mm. I don't meet the press or what are they. Meet the Presses, NBC. What's the one on CBS? CBS Morning? I don't know. CBS? No, that's not it. Again, Anyways. We're, we're, we're getting off of our track. <laughs> right. This is not but, normally but, where but we are. But Cuban was on one of the shows, and he said, unequivocally, I wish I knew what it was, um, the, the basketball will return, and it will return without fans. But Mark Cuban, as we know, owns the Mavericks and said that it will come back and it will happen this year, but there will not be any fans. Okay. Uh, that Sunday morning show on CBS is called... Bradenton, thank you for the Pirates. That's where the CBS Sunday morning. That's it? That's easy enough, right? Didn't put a lot of thought into that, did they? Well, big company. How much did they spend? How much did they pay for an advert or for a PR, whoever does those things, right. to come up with that? <laughs> I mean, God, we're in the wrong business if that's all it takes. That's all it is, right? Jesus. Hey, we're going to get together. We're going to go out. <laughs> we're going to talk to some people. This is what we got for you. CBS Sunday morning. Uh, I do want to ask you this because there's been, you know, there's a lot of college football stuff plans out there. Will they or won't they? It seems like it's the, the likelihood of it starting on time is is very, very remote at mm-hmm. this point. Um and that's what, you know, all of the people that I follow and respect that, um, yes, they're media and you can respect some media. Yes, he can. As I do. Um, and, and these are guys that have been around the game a long time and they believe, you know, from talking to their sources that it's probably not going to happen. And the fact that we may see football, college football in January, February, and maybe even into March, because as we've talked about, and not just us, everybody's talking about, if indeed there is no college football, the blow to athletic departments may be something that some of them can't overcome. Football means that much to budgets, and they're bound and determined to play it. But if you don't have classes, how can you have, you don't have students on campus, how can you have football players on campus? Yeah, you could sequester them and you could, you know, take their temperature and you could do those things, but is that fair after all these guys aren't paid? So my question to you is, so if we're not seeing college football, there's no way in hell we're going to see football on Friday nights in the fall as we know it. High school football. I mean, I don't know if that's, I'm sure at the Iowa High School Athletic Association, contingency plans are being mm-hmm. talked about at this point. Well, and the huge difference between this and when we're talking college football and the NFL is, of course, television. And that's where they know even if fans aren't there, they can at least 
recoup some of these costs here with the television contracts that they have. TV networks, they'll put it on. They don't care if nobody's in there. Mm-hmm. They just need content of their own and content that is going to be compelling and people are going to watch regardless of what the fans look like inside the stands or no fans inside of the stands. For high school football, Boy, though, you know what it's, just, you know what? it's a different model. Let me stop you for a second. You know who's going to make a boatload of cash? Pete Tarpey. Oh, absolutely. Because yes. he's already broadcasting high school. You work for him. Yes, there is no doubt. And that is going to extend on. And I know a lot of high schools have kind of in-house things, but that's going to expand. Because if we get to that level, and yes, you can still have football, but nobody can but be there. But when can you play it, Trent? I mean, if they're playing college football, I mean, I don't <sighs> You could practice under the lights, I guess, at Stamien. You would have to, right? Because it's dark in January at 4 o'clock, 4, right. yeah, 4.30. You so you're talking about going into practice. the gym, and then you're going out and you don't have any work at all outside, and all of a sudden you're playing a game? Uh, and short of you know the big facilities that are out there, there aren't a ton here in mm-hmm. central Iowa, but Sportsplex West and places like that that have at least big area that football teams can work out. But we're talking about, what, 19 metro schools? Right, and Trent, there's no redshirt in high school. No, just, no, yeah. It's You're, not like you can just mm-hmm. blow off this year and come back and play your senior year. Yeah, I don't I don't think that they're going to award right. another year of eligibility. No, no that's, that's not even going to be. Got a bunch be. of 19 to 20-year-olds out there now playing high school football. Uh, so that's a big, big, that, I mean, that's. Well, and financially, too. We, we talk about it at. at the NFL and, of course, a college football. So high school, it, it means uh, how it much to budget? Yeah, it's a big part of the... Is I it? mean, you think of, of course, Valley gets ten, twelve thousand 12000 in there for, mm-hmm. for a game, but even at the smaller levels, you're still talking about thousands of people that go to these high school games, and, and you take that off the table, that's going to impact the bottom line. Now, in terms of cost, what more football costs compared to the other sports, you might be talking something negligible there, but overall, that's got to be a big input impact to every financial model out there for athletic departments across the city and across the state. So that's another thing that you have to look at here. It's when you get into the weeds with these kind of conversations, that's when it becomes Oof. a mess. And like you said, if it it comes to the fact where we're going to have it, we're getting into fall, look, we're still not quite ready to have football back. But it's going to happen in the coming months. But at the high school level, I'm not so sure. What about the two sport athlete? Right, right. And then you have Do to make a choice basketball or football or can you go out for both? And yeah, I'm going to go. We had a kid that did that that was on the golf team and track team. Right. That, that's golf and track. Yeah. They play basketball on Friday night. They play high school football on Friday night. It's, yes. It's yeah. Trent, this is um, hmm. schedule is going to have to change. You're going to have to adapt that way. You're going to have to. Right. The Wednesday nights that were yeah, always a non-starter. Going, Sorry. Right. You're Wednesdays, we need games. Yeah. They're going to be playing. Well, we'll see. We've got some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, the brightest minds in the world are all focused on one thing, and that's trying to find a vaccine for this thing or a cure. Uh, one real quick on this. I found this out today, and I didn't know this. And, and if this is news to people, and I know it's not news to some of you out there, a couple of local golf courses sold. Yeah, you Terrace mentioned this. Hill okay. in Altoona. Yep, that uh, I knew about that one. I know a couple the of guys that The city of Altoona bought it. Now yep. I was told that the price that they got that the, that the city of Altoona paid was three million dollars for Terrace Hill. Sounds about right. However, this is the head scratcher to me. Copper Creek mm-hmm. in Pleasant Hill was sold. Hubble, Hubble owned, owned it. Yeah. Hubble, Hubble owned Copper Creek. Hackfest has been at Copper Creek mm-hmm. over the years. Always enjoy going out to Copper Creek. Uh, nice clubhouse. They've yes. got they they do a lot of weddings out there. Um, but a pretty nice pretty nice course, right? Right. I mean, you've played Terrace Hill. I have. Yep. You've played Copper Creek. Uh huh. What would you rather play? 
It's a toss-up. I like them both. I don't. I don't think there's a huge gap between. Which course them, costs more? I'll put it that way. Copper then. Creek, though. Copper Creek. Yes. If I'm correct in my assumption that Terrasil was three million dollars, mm-hmm. Copper Creek was what then? Five. Fair. Maybe six. Seven hundred thousand dollars was the price that was paid for Copper Creek Golf Course and the land. And the clubhouse, $700,000 is what Hubble Realty sold Copper Creek for. That land area alone has got to be worth in the millions. You would think. Trent, that's a nice track of land. It is. There's no doubt. Wow. And how about all those people that bought and built houses at Copper Creek mm-hmm. thinking that it was they, want, yeah. Yeah, they want to live on a golf course? Yeah, yeah. So I don't believe that the people that bought Copper Creek are in the golf business. Right. And the fear is, uh huh. They're, they're, I mean, I only paid seven hundred thousand for this. I can get this back by just taking you know the back nine right. or three or four holes. That's mm-hmm. the land that I mean. If they turn this into a, de- if they develop this land, all those poor sobs that you know bought built on a golf course. Mm-hmm. What's the what's the price of their homes? I mean, how how big Plummeting, is that? Right? It has to. Yes, going from living on a golf course, something right. that is. Big, important, uh-huh. and, and certainly impacts the what the cost of your house is going to be to nothing. Boy, that's got to be a scary proposition for those land mm-hmm. for those homeowners now. Did you know? That. Did you know? I had no idea it was I sold. Did, I was no. driving into work today, and I got a call. No, and I know Noble really well out uh-huh. there. Even though, yes, he's a Purdue grad, and he's a Colts fan too. He's right? a Colts fan. Yeah. yeah, he's an indie guy. But what's his last name? Or birth? Not birthright. Noble. Noble. Burkhead. Burkhead. Yes. Birthright. Noble, uh, really, really good guy, and I every time go to Copper Creek and talk with him, yeah. and yeah, he. Uh, but he's over at Woodland Hills, which has always been part of that group. I know he'd done some work and helping out different capacities throughout, but now he's over there. I saw uh, on his Facebook page, but yeah, interesting how that uh, worked out. Seven hundred thousand dollars for Copper Creek. That's a, steal. a big company. Drop in the bucket, right? It's a steel trap. I have no idea who bought hmm. it, but I was told it were not go- it was not a golf company that bought Copper Creek. So that remains to be seen because that's a popular course. That's it a is. very popular course in the area. We have not announced Hackfest. <laughs> Probably a good thing we didn't. True. Now the reason we didn't announce Hackfest is we weren't certain that there was going to be a air quote Hackfest to. Uh, uh, to hold this year. Anyways, we are going to uh, go back in the, not the way back machine, but five years. It's been five, five years. Five years already. Jesus. Huh? Since the 2015 Hawkeye football program. We'll get into that. What a year it was. But right now, Trent, it's time to help uh, KXNO and iHeart want to help you pay your bills. Text the keyword family uh, to 200-200 right now. That's your chance to win $1,000. That is family to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. All right, we're going to talk about the 2015 Hawkeye program. Matt Postens will join us with Big 12 conversation coming up as we take you until noon. We'll hear from the governor at 11, Scott Dockerman, 1135, Miller in Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Thank you for supporting Food Bank of Iowa. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Hello from the other side. I must have called. Hi, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. This was the number one song in 2015. Number one song, Hello by Adele. What a voice, huh? Incredible. Jeez. 
Yeah, uh, 2015. We're taking a look at the 2015 Hawkeye football team as we chronicle over these times of no sports some of the better teams, whether it be Hawks, Clones, Panthers, or Bulldogs. Over the what was the what's the earliest we the furthest we've gone back? Nineteen eighty five, the Iowa football team was the okay. earliest that we've done. I would love to uh, go back. We talked a little bit with Eric Heft, the radio analyst mm-hmm. for Iowa State football and basketball, who is an encyclopedia when yes. it comes to these. And we talked with him just a little bit about those mid eighty teams, the first one to get to the tournament under Orr, and then the second team the following season, in nineteen eighty six, that beat Michigan in the round of thirty two. Mm-hmm. Johnny Orr's old team. Got to the Sweet 16, and looking back, and it's something I'd known in the past but forgot about in 86, if Iowa would have advanced to the Sweet 16 out of their side of the bracket. Wouldn't that have been something? They would have played in the Mm. Sweet 16. Instead, it was NC State who uh, played Iowa State there in that Sweet 16 game. But, you know, I just don't have the same kind of memory bank of Iowa State athletics back Mm -hmm. then because I grew up a Hawkeye fan, and we didn't see Iowa State, North Iowa. It was all Hawkeyes. That's Is that right? So was... you couldn't find them? No. You could not. find them on the radio, though, right? Mm. Maybe hit and miss. Not even the same, because Iowa, it was yeah. because of football. I told you, we were a Gonder family. We listened mm-hmm. to Cedar Rapids, mm-hmm. or we listened to the Mason City affiliate, but had it. We were not a Zobel family. I told you my grandpa's thoughts yeah. on Jim Zobel yeah. <laughs> in the past. He was, he was not a fan of his play-by-play, because as my grandpa said, you never knew what the hell was going on. <laughs> funny there are uh, many people that will tell you that the reasons that the uh, hawkeyes at least dominated the state fan wise back in those days was because of that uh, room 20 20 feet behind you yeah. <laughs> who well, let's talk about the 2015 hawkeye football team trent so many uh, so many close games margin for error in so many of those games i mean the wisconsin game was a nail biter in that one mm-hmm. there were a number of them though that certainly wasn't the only one the minnesota game was close i mean we, we talked about the pittsburgh game even the Nebraska game at the end of the season had some drama in it. What do you remember the most? Oh, boy, there, there's so many memories of it. I, I remember just vividly the negativity that continued to surround the program on the national level and how yeah, yeah. the Hawkeye fans mm-hmm. just continue to dig their hands. Who was that thing? Who, who played the role of Iowa this year? Wasn't there, was it Minnesota? Who was playing the, the 2019? a little bit, yeah. But th- remember, they had Penn State. But the reason is because Iowa didn't have Michigan, Ohio uh-huh. State, or Penn State on the right. schedule that year. And you could say that, hey, Iowa State's a rivalry game. And Pitt, they were a decent team that mm-hmm. year in the ACC. But it well, just, Connor was a hell of a running back. Man. Right. And even when they got to the Big Ten Championship game, it was Michigan State. Yeah. Just doesn't have that same right. kind of right. national pull, even as good no. as that Michigan State team was. Didn't have that same kind of pull. But it took a while. And, and people looking at that team, remember going into the year. 2014 is where they got slaughtered in the Hawks Lair Bowl by oh, yes, Tennessee. That's right. You had, uh, oh, who was the kid that was? Jonathan Parker yeah, on the fumble yeah, on the kickoff, nice. trying to throw it back into the uh-huh. field of play. With it was foot out of bounds. a disaster. You had Bethard. You had Rudock. Who was going to be the quarterback? And then, and then they were both off limits after the game, remember, yes. to the media? It was a very, there was a lot of negativity around well, the program. Well, didn't that... Um, that led to Rudock leaving. That led to Rudock leaving, but didn't that also lead to Ferentz beginning his January yes. press conferences? Yes, that was because he hadn't season. done that before, right? Yep, January of 2015. Uh-huh. After the disappointing end of the season, they go out there, they do that. Basically, the writing was on the wall for Rudock that mm-hmm. Bethard, for all intents and purposes, his dad said, if he's not going to be the starter, he's going to leave. Right. All right, you're mm-hmm. going to be the starter, right? Because. I mean, it was there were two good quarterbacks. Yeah, Bethard was better, tougher. But they were both... Yeah, Rudolph went to Michigan and played. Yes. 
Uh, Rudock was in the NFL for a couple. Well, I know Beathard is too, but mm-hmm. when, did anyone think when, when Jake Rudock was putting on the black and gold, there's a kid who's going to get an NFL paycheck? Of course you didn't. You're but lying there, if you said you did. There wasn't a whole lot of buzz for this Iowa team coming into the season. They kick it off against Illinois State, a very good Illinois State mm-hmm. team. Remember that summer conversation? Boy, this is going to be a good game. <laughs> they go out, though, jump out 31 nothing and coast in that one. But the Iowa State game, game number two in Ames. Mm-hmm. Cyclones early were dominating. Backed up at their one-yard line. Almost a safety. i got to play for you here. This was the turning point in the game, Trent, if it's the play I'm th- that I think you're going to play. Is it the Second quarterback? 16 at the one-yard line. Bathard to throw it. Bathard decides to run it. Nicely done. Bathard still on his feet at the 30. Look at the quarterback go. All the way up to the 45-yard line. 44-yard run. Iowa down by a touchdown at that point. They come back, tie it up, and then it was a seesaw affair until late. Riley McCarron in the back of the end zone in a tie game. First down to the Iowa State 25 for the Hawkeyes. Bether throws to the end zone. Touchdown, Iowa. Riley McCarron. Iowa adds one more late touchdown as they win it 31-17 over Iowa State. They go to 2-0, but here comes the Pitt Panthers. This game, it's Marshall Kane is the memory of the football uh-huh. field, but I still think the most lasting is Brett Greenway. Greenwood, excuse me, making his way oh out of the locker God. room. Yes. Surrounded by his teammates, yes. helping him out as he's walking out there. That scene. That was that game. I didn't know that was the game. And that was one where you wish it wasn't on BTN. Mm. You wish it was on ESPN, ABC, something like mm. that. It was a great game. It was back and forth, but because of its spot kind of in the sports calendar and where it was, it just it didn't get the national acclaim that it did. But it comes down to the wire. Here's the call from BTN, Marshall Kane, lining up for a 57-yarder. There is a pit player deep in the end zone, and it's none other than Tyler Boyd. You see him there just to the left of the uprights. 57-yard potential game winner. Kane's boot is on the way. It's hooking. It's turning. It is good! 57 yards! Dramatic win, Iowa! What a, listen to the crowd. You, the folks that were st- in the end zone, you could hear them first when they mm-hmm. knew it. You know who called that? You know who that announcer is? Who is that? It's the voice of the Washington Capitals. J- Jason Benetti? No, not Jason Benetti. He's the White Sox guy. No, it's close. I'm Joe cl- Joe. N- no, it's Joe, ben- Joe Benetti. Joe Benedetti. Joe Benet- Beninati. Beninati, is that Beninati, it? Beninati, yep. He's the voice of the Washington Capitals. Really? Yeah. 27-24, Iowa goes to 3-0 and the next week. It's North Texas to complete the non-conference. You, you, you don't have a highlight from the North Texas. No, we're going to jump you. right past that. 31, uh, 35-13, they're up at the half and win at 62-16 against the Mean Green. But here it is, Big Ten play mm. into Camp Randall. And I got a couple of highlights from this one. There are not a whole lot of offensive highlights against uh, Wisconsin, but early on, it was the defense setting up the first score. Stop, you're looking to throw the whole way. Eddie throws it to the wrong team. It's Desmond King. And King is forced out at the 30-yard line. Desmond King, who already led the team with three interceptions, comes up with his fourth of the season. Number four in wow. game, number five, an incredible season for Desmond King. He was so good. Oh, my God. You know, the rumors are he's going to be traded uh, this oh, week really? or next week. Yeah, wow. uh, That was Steve Levy, correct? It was. Steve Levy is rumored to be next, uh, is the next Monday Night Football 
Levy Ooh. and Greasy. I like that team. I do too. Excuse They're me. very good in college football. Yes, they are. Um, and Levy was doing the XFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, earlier this uh, earlier this year, uh, well, that uh, that interception by King set up the first and only touchdown from the Hawkeyes. George Kittle, three tight ends now on first and goal, off the play action, and he's going to throw it, and it's caught wide open. Was George Kittle for the touchdown, and Iowa's on the board, and that's the first touchdown allowed by Wisconsin now in the last four games. What would ever happen to Kittle? Yeah. What, 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 you know what's about to happen to Kittle? Insurance? <laughs> Kittle's about to get paid. Yes, he is. At a did you big, read the piece money. in The Athletic? I did, yeah. About to get paid. It's going to be big money. But yeah. late, Wisconsin kept coming, had an opportunity. But the MVP for the Hawkeyes that day, Joel Stavi, helps, helps out again. <laughs> First time in the red zone, though, this afternoon. Fumble, loose ball, and it's still out. All sorts of problems with the exchange. Iowa says they have it. And they did. Iowa gets the ball back. Wisconsin gets it back one more time, gets right past the 50, but it ends in downs. Iowa gets it done 10-6. You know, listening to that play-by-play, there's more Hawkeye fans are a very vocal group. Yes. Uh, they're they're always Randall. a good uh, contingent that Why make their not? way up to Camp Randall. Yeah. Haven't had a whole lot to cheer about no. over the last decade up there. This was the game, 10-6, the victory against Wisconsin. And with it, Iowa finally gets into mm. the rankings. Illinois is up next. This is a game Iowa did not play very well in. Really struggled. Let down after whiskey, maybe? It was, but it was the Jordan-Kanzeri game. 42 carries for Jordan-Kanzeri against the Illini, including this, a big touchdown. 16-13, Iowa leading. Trying to get to bowl eligibility with a win here today. Kanzeri, a big run. 30 Touchdown, Jordan Kanziri, a 75-yard rip. Over 200 yards mm. rushing in that one. Up next after the win against the Illini as Northwestern. This is a game I thought it was going to end. You really, did? Why? Really banged up team. They're going to Northwestern. It had been a house of horrors throughout the years. Yeah. It was a decent Northwestern team, but it just felt like, all right, at 6-0, and it's going to end at some point for this team. This is the one I spotlighted. Kanziri was hurt. He gets injured early in the game, and all well, this... Little known running back, some Jersey kid. <laughs> yeah. He comes up and, uh, boy, he made more than one play in this one. Akram Wadley for the Hawks. And the Hawkeyes are on the move, but they maybe lost their tailback. Jordan Kanzeri injured towards the end of the first quarter after carrying the ball 43 times last week. So Akram Wadley and Derek Mitchell will now split reps. And this is Wadley on second down and nine. And he's got the corner. Nobody there for Northwestern. Wadley will take it in. Touchdown, Iowa. The first of four touchdowns for Akram Wadley. 40-10 to 10 the final in this one. It was a laugher. Bethard banged up in this game. And in fact, later on, he left the game. Because of that bad hip, which uh, kind of became a prevailing co- talking point mm-hmm. going forward, but Iowa dominated against Northwestern and wins it forty twenty. You're not going to get to the Big Ten championship in the Rose Bowl, right? Oh well, we'll get there eventually. How about another Desmond King highlight? We'll jump past the the uh, another highlight I had for Northwestern, but Desmond King just so good throughout this season. Ah, uh, here it is, pick six against two Maryland. That's a tunnel screen, and he threw it intercepted right into the hands of Desmond King. The junior out of Detroit will take it to the house. 
88-yard pick six. He was a ball hawk. Iowa gets it done there. 8-0 at that point? 8-0 after the Maryland victory. Remaining, Indiana. This is Mm -hmm. where Beathard goes airborne into the corner, lands on that hip again, but scores the touchdown. And they always kept Indiana at bay, got the victory. The blackout game against Minnesota for Floyd and Rosedale after that. Purdue a nice victory, 40-20, to as they clinch the Big Ten West, an appearance in the championship game, and the Heroes game to finish it off and finish off 12-0. Let's go early, 7-7 the score. Parker Hesse comes up. Iowa's defense has been a little leaky the last three games or so. They bring pressure, safety pressure. It's tipped into the air and picked off, and Parker Hesse bangs it in for a touchdown. 12-0 regular season for the Hawkeyes. What a career for Parker Hesse. Oh, too. yes. Started over eight Walk-on from walk-on, right? Yes, he was. Uh, Hesse, number 42. Yeah. Love to see that yeah. out of a defensive end. Those goofy numbers that were out there. A couple of goofy numbers. He had Nate Meyer playing defensive line. He was number 34 for the Hawks. He was the guy involved in the Stave play we talked about earlier. Kind of building up the, uh, the middle of the line in that one. Big Ten Championship, 12-0. A chance to play Alabama in the college football playoff. And after this play, Ken, I thought we were heading to Big D. Play fake. Bethard sets up deep in the pocket. Goes down the field for Smith. Jubilation, no. the excitement, the building, the way it just exploded. Yeah, it felt like it, didn't it? Iowa was playing Alabama. Yep, felt like it. Here we go. Mm-hmm. No, Shoot your shot. <laughs> Crimson Tide playing them in Jerry's world. Well, the drive and the final play. And as I went back and watched it again, I watched the whole drive, Michigan State coming down the field. As I watched the third down touchdown by LJ Fort, Bud Spears. Rarely played. Mm-hmm. They're in goal line, so they got six, seven defensive linemen in there. And as LJ is leaning the ball across, Trent, they had him stopped. They did, but he reaches mm-hmm. that second effort. Spears comes diving in, and if his helmet is an inch higher, gets the ball. The ball pops out, and Iowa gets their shot against Alabama. Oh my. It is. We talk about a game of inches. This yeah. was literally. An inch away from that ball coming. No, I'm with you. Look, the consolation prize wasn't bad, though. No, well, I mean, it didn't turn out well. Right, the game aside, I got a highlight for you. (laughs) Game aside, let's 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 play. So, so we're going to Pasadena. We're going to Pasadena. We'll wrap up here. So this, you you found a highlight in this. I found a highlight, and Mm -hmm. I will be honest. I was in the building. I don't remember this play because I had a lot of tall boys that day trying to get through down 35 nothing. Acrobodly comes up again. is Wadley. Touchdown, Iowa. Guess who's winning the second half? The Hawkeyes. <laughs> oh, that, that one stung. Musburger rubbed, rubbed a little salt in the wounds. Guess who's winning the second half? So was that the, the last Rose Bowl that Musburger called? It, it had to have yeah. been, right? 2016. 16, January yes. 1, 2016. 12-2, and two, it ends. Pretty but, uh, good what year, a season. Trent. What a season it was. A lot of fun. Yep. And we got to see the Rose Bowl. We did. First half in person, second half back at the bar. <laughs> you left. I did. I sh- I'm glad I didn't leave, though. I've... I was there. Huh? I, I, was stayed, I stayed till the end. 
Nah, not me. Not you. No, nope. understand it. They got the hell out and made it. Bad. Missed the first <laughs> drive, but sat in the bar at the Embassy Suites in Arcadia and drank Stella and watched the second half and had a flight the next morning. Anyways, uh, we're not going to have time for Matt Postens. Oh, we'll get to him. We, we, we got we a quick time out here. Yep. All right, we'll take it. We'll come back. We'll talk Big 12. Uh, Governor Reynolds' press conference. We want to get to it right at 11 o'clock if possible. Scott Dockman, 1135. Miller and Condon until noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 14. Get hope. HopeLawFirm.com. All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Let's get right to our friend Matt Postens, covers the Big 12. Amongst one of the hats he wears, does some NFL as well. Uh, but he's going to talk Big 12 with us right now. Heartland College Sports. Heartland College Sports. If you're a Big 12 fan and you're not stopping there on a daily basis, uh, make it one of your favorites. It's, it's worth the stop. Matt Tretton, Ken, thanks for coming on, Matt Postens. How are you, sir? Well, I'm good. I've been working from home for about the last uh, four weeks, so um, I've been great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's the great unknown, right? What Bowlesby's been uh, Bowlesby's been meeting the press and uh, and holding press conferences. What I guess what are two of your takeaways from listening to Bowlesby? Uh, the concern he has about having a full season. When you hear Bob Bowlesby, do you come away thinking that we're more likely to have college football, or oh boy, this is uncharted territory? Uh, I really feel like it's uncharted territory. And you know, having been around the conference for several years now, you know, Bob is a very deliberate and very cautious decision maker. He's not the type of guy who's going to, you know, try and get out in front, so to speak, you know, of the other conferences or of other, you know, head coaches or athletic directors in terms of, you know, saying we're going to do this and we're not going to do this. So, you know, he's a very deliberative guy and, you know, if there's going to be a football season, I think for him, it's going to be because, you know, as you said the other day, it's going to be, you know, a situation where we're being told we can safely do this. Uh, I think he's open to any and all ideas. You know, that could be, you know, starting the season late. It could be starting the season with no fans in the stands. It could be, you know, one thing that I've been kind of milling about personally is, you know, maybe you just eliminate the non-conference games mm-hmm. for this year and you just play a conference schedule uh, if you're an SBS. That at least eliminates some travel. And, and since you play most of those non-conference games up front in your schedule, it allows you to push the season back a few weeks without, you know, necessarily damaging too much of the integrity of the season. But, you know, I think I think all options are open to him. Uh, but I, I don't think he's the guy that's going to be He's not going to be out in front leading the charge saying we need to play games like Mike Gundy was last oh, week kind of in his, yeah. in his uh, audio audio press conference. Mike Bob Bowlesby's not going to be that guy. No, not at, not at all. Bullsby and the rest of the staff inside the Big 12 offices took a 10% reduction in their salary. No bonuses handed out for this year. All things to certainly help the member institutions. This is going to be an impact and a pretty substantial one going forward. The other thing about Bullsby is he has been out there talking. And I haven't seen a whole lot from Kevin Warren, the new Big Ten commissioner. I haven't seen a whole lot from really the other major conference commissioners out there. Is that just Bullsby? Is he just easier to get a hold of? What is it? But it seems like the most quotes that you're seeing out of anybody have come from Bob Bowlesby. Well, I think part of that is, you know, Bob's background. He was the athletic director at Stanford before he came to the Big 12. So um, he's got connections out on the West Coast. Uh, before, while he was at Stanford, uh, he was actually the director of the NCAA Basketball Tournament Selection Committee. So he was on that committee for several years, and uh, reporters know him well. Uh, from that time as well. So 
I think the fact that he's he's become a national voice, he's been a national voice for a long time because of his work on that committee and his work in the Big 12. So I think uh, people naturally gravitate toward talking to him in part because he is such a, you know, a, a deliberate thinker and such a uh, collaborative person, especially with people within his conference. Uh, I don't know why the rest of the conferences aren't as visible right now. Maybe they just don't feel as if they need to be. Maybe they just feel as if there's no reason. And, you know, really, when you think about everything that's going on right now, uh, you know, hearing from your conference commissioner isn't the uh, the most important thing on your list. But uh, he's certainly been out there and he's certainly been talking about it. But, you know, you know, when it comes time to say, are we going to have football or not? He, he's He's definitely going to be deliberative and collaborative with the other commissioners, especially in the Power Five, as they try to figure out what the next steps you think. Do you, does it make sense to you? I mean, the Texas schools could do it clearly, but but moving, you know, moving games into the next calendar year, Matt, that's been talked about. There's a lot of college football guys, and I know you follow a ton of them on Twitter, as I do, that have, have been around the game for a long time and are convinced that. You know, we may get to a point that we might not see football until, until November, and that carries over in some respects to January. I mean, Oklahoma, I'm guessing weather-wise would be okay. I'm not sure what West Virginia circumstances are, but, you know, Kansas, uh, K-State, and Iowa State gets a little chilly up here in, in the month of January. What do you think the likelihood of that is? Would they go there if they're uh, forced? I, If they're forced? Maybe it, the revenue question is the big question. That's right just now. it. You talked about the money earlier. Yeah, you know, the Big Twelve lost about twelve million dollars just off the Big Twelve basketball tournament not being played. Um, they're having to return money to TV partners, like you know, insurance companies are now returning money to folks that they insure their cars because they haven't been driving their cars. It's the same thing. If the product's not there, you have to to pay the money back. So I'm really interested to see what the the conferences payout is going to be to each of the teams here for the calendar year with all of these things that have fallen off the calendar. But, you know, Bob said it best. You know, if you don't play the games, you lose the revenue, you lose the donations, you lose the fans, you know, you lose the tickets, you lose all of that. And that's a big deal, even for a school like Texas and Oklahoma. You know, that is a big part of what drives their athletic departments and supports their other sports. You know, I went to a smaller school, Stephen F. Austin. If we don't have a football season in, in 2020, mm. I don't know what the rest of our sports are going to do because our football program, we play a money game every year with a Big 12 school or a, uh, an SEC school. We make about a million dollars off that mm-hmm. game. So that helps support our athletic department a great deal. And, you know, everybody's trying to do the calculus and trying to figure out what's best. I think that if it comes right down to it, I think they'll try to play a truncated season in some way. You know, maybe six games, eight games, nine games, something like that. I don't think they'll want to push the start to November if they can avoid it, but the the revenue may start talking once you get close to June, July, August. There is a continued conversation as we're talking with Matt Postens from Heartland College Sports of an expansion of the college football playoff, maybe for this year only, moving it up to, to eight teams, something like that, and a chance to build more revenue, certainly for these teams. What do you think the likelihood is of that, even if it's a one-off just for this season, expanding that college football playoff? It's a possibility. I mean, the NBA and the NHL have both been talking about sort of a, a you know, all-comers type of tournament in one location where they can kind of control everything from a health standpoint. No fans and things like that. But, uh, you know, they're talking about expanding. It's one of the many options they've talked about. I think they've got to think about it. If you're going to play a truncated schedule, if you're not going to have that 12-game schedule and say you're only able to play eight games, you might have to expand the playoff just for this year 
you know, because, you know, by, by extension, you'll probably have more undefeated teams. You'll have more teams that want to make the case that they're the best team in the country. So, you know, if, if we're going to play a shorter schedule, um, I'm all for it. If we're, if we're going to play the normal 12 game schedule, even if that schedule starts in October and ends in January and you're playing the, the regular college football playoff in February, I think they'll probably keep it at 14. Interesting. Matt, Matt Poston's HeartlandCollegeSports.com. You can follow Matt on Twitter, Poston's Postcards. You know, just on them, you guys, uh, all of a sudden here, it seemingly, um, players have got a lot of leverage. <laughs> because athletic departments, if they don't play football, they are going to be hemorrhaging money. And if you're asking amateurs to take the field in this environment, I know there's no union. <laughs> I know there's no you know players or t- spokesperson out there that could do this. But all of a sudden, Matt, don't you think that they've got more leverage now and it's a two-way street. I get it. This college football prepares the few players that can get paid to play college or NFL football. It helps. It's a feeder system. I get that part, but it isn't for everybody. Mm-hmm. They seem the players got a ton of leverage all of a sudden. Yeah, it's a really interesting question because it, one of the things that you know Gundy talked about was um, you know if we have all the players here on campus, we can protect them. Well, uh, yes and no. I mean, yes, you can basically confine them to a dorm and just have them go to football practice, but that's still not, that still doesn't mean that they're going to be in the safest environment possible when it comes to their health. You know, there's no union now, but, you know, somebody could certainly smell an opportunity and say, hey, let's, you know, try to leverage for, uh, you know, extra, you know, benefits for players and things like that. The problem is right now, you know, the schools don't really have any extra benefits offer because they they're they're losing money like you said they're hemorrhaging money we're talking about the possibility of you know some football programs either having to put a pause on their program for 2020 or not have a, a football season at all yeah that's we're that, talking about we're talking about smaller programs we're yep. talking about Stephen know, f austin is what you're talking about Stephen f austin yep. yeah we're talking about those programs the larger programs they're going to find ways to get right Matt, we're out of time, brother. we got to let you go. Music's playing. Thank you for what you do for us, Matt. We'll talk to you in the weeks to come. Governor Reynolds next.